Well, this evening I'd like to look at a scripture in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. And uh, I remember about 40 years ago when the church asked me to, to be a, a teacher and on Wednesday night. And on Wednesday night, Brother Olson had been teaching verse after verse. And uh, he was just kind of finishing up Proverbs. And uh, so then after Proverbs comes Ecclesiastes. So I just kept going verse by verse. And uh, I'm not sure the words to use. It's uh, very awakening when you start studying uh, book of Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. Well, actually, it was in Psalms, and we then we went to uh, Proverbs, and that's where he was going, and we went later to Ecclesiastes. But either one of them is uh, uh, challenging. Of course, if the Lord doesn't open our eyes, we'll see it anyway. But but there's very many interesting things. So something I remember in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10 that's uh, always kept my attention I find very interesting. So Ecclesiastes chapter 10, I'm just going to read the first verse, and maybe we may uh, next week uh, take it just a little farther. But it says, and it's kind of, may seem odd, different, strange. It says, dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly, him that is reputation for wisdom and honor. So I think this evening we'll just spend our time on the first half of this verse. Dead flies cause the ointment to stink. Uh, well, dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary or perfumer to send forth an evil odor or stinking odor. But just so you'll, a uh, little preview of next week, it's a and, and a lot of times we see this, it's a comparison. We see that in Proverbs as well. So it talks about that. Of course, we need to understand that before we can understand the second part of it. But the second part of it, so doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. So we think about for a minute, those that feel and have a reputation for wisdom and honor in themselves. Is that good? Is that bad? Well, you see what it's compared to. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking odor. So that's what it's compared to. So that should tell us something. So let's look at this a little bit. That the... Uh, Perfumer, apothecary, chemist, uh, whatever terminology you want to use there. And uh, so let's look at this uh, ointment and uh, see kind of what it's referring to. And uh, it'll put more meaning on it. And then I think as we look into it, uh, Lord willing, maybe next week, uh, then we'll, it all begins to make sense. And then we'll see the value and the importance of it. So let's look at this ointment that this uh, uh, apothecary or chemist or perfumer uh, has made. Let's, let's look at it and uh, the uses of it, and that'll make the second half of this verse 
uh, clearer, I suppose. So, Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. Of course, this ointment had to do with a, uh, a way of, of worship. Verse, uh, uh, let's start in verse 22. Exodus 30 and, and 22. Moreover, the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt also unto thee... Uh, principal or take, <laughs> take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half as much, even two hundred and fifty shekels, and of sweet calamus, two hundred and fifty shekels. These are all sweet spices. And of Kesa, 500 shekels. I forget the conversion, how much a shekel is into our weights and measures, but I think it's a lot anyway to make this. Uh, you may bake a, uh, may have a recipe to bake something. Uh, and you put in so much of this and so much of that. Well, this is a recipe given by God. Let me just, let me just state this. We talked about God and what he accepts. He only accepts perfection. So what if they don't have enough of this? They don't have enough of that. I'm going to tell you something. This goes back a long way. I won't tell you who it was. Uh, but anyway, they, uh, they hadn't been married too awfully long. And uh, they were cooking. And they were making chicken and dumplings. Well, this, she had been taught to put a little bit of yellow food coloring in the chicken and dumplings, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, she didn't have any yellow food coloring, so she put green in it. She thought it had to have food coloring, and it wasn't St. Patrick's Day, so anyway, I, that's always stayed with me. So, you think if God ordered yellow food coloring, you'd think he'd accept green? <laughs> Or just skip it. Well, I'll just, I don't have enough of that. I'll just put in some extra of this. No, God only accepts perfection. I hadn't thought of that for a long time. It's funny what comes to your mind. Uh, 24, and of Cassia, 500 shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of olive oil, a hen. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment. An ointment compound after the art of the apothecary or perfumer or chemist. It shall be a holy anointing oil. So this was, they would make, and they were, this is what they were to anoint the priest with. And not only the priest, but different things in the tabernacle as well. And uh, you say, why? You know, we, we can back ourselves in a, position that we can't answer many times, well, why did God do this? Uh, yeah, sometimes we see just because, well, maybe I'll answer my own question. It's so we see the types and shadows. That's why. 
Uh, he, so this, will be, this is a type and shadow of something that we know and understand. But we're seeing here, I think, puts more value and pour more meaning uh, on it. Now, he told Moses to do this. But Moses didn't actually do this. Moses was like the foreman or the person taking the orders from God and, and giving the orders. God, and I think you see it in the 31st and, uh, chapter and on over, that God, when they, they're making things for the tabernacle, whether it be the golden laver or, uh, or the brazen altar or all those different things that they made or the, the, the candlestick and everything, it says that God, and sometimes it even give the tribe that it came from, but God put the Spirit in them to give them the ability to do these certain things. So whether it be carving or forming gold or all these, or even this, making this ointment uh, called apothecary or chemist, chemist or perfumer, as it says here. But uh, So Moses, he told Moses, but Moses didn't actually do it. He sent, God gave men knowledge to do these things, and this was one of them was to make this uh, sweet, savory ointment. And uh, so let's read on verse 26. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all its vessels, and the lampstand or the candlestick, and its vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offerings, and all its vessels, and the laver, and his foot. And thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy. Whatsoever touches them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron, his sons, and consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And let me just stop there for a moment. God gave men some goldsmith to form gold and to, uh, I guess even to purify it and, and heat it up and get the, the dolls out of it and stuff like that. And God gave men for all that. And Aaron and his sons was no exception. He gave them for the priesthood. So, uh, verse 30, And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. He's given us the formula. It was not to be changed. It would be followed exactly. We know God will only accept uh, his perfection. And it says, Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured. Neither shall they make any other like it. After the composition of it, it is holy. It shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. Or someone would put dead flies in it that cause it to stink. That wouldn't be acceptable, would it? Also it says here, after he says, put it on Aaron, his sons, anoint the priest. Upon man's flesh it shall not be put, or shall not be poured. But uh, that's signifying not, that's, this is for 
the priesthood. And there's a, you, I, I think it's kind of, you don't hear so much about it now, but you look at the Old Testament priesthood and the New Testament, and uh, then they say, is it the priesthood of the believer uh, or the priesthood of the church? And that argument was, I know it, 40, 50, 60 years ago, that was a big argument amongst, uh, amongst many. But is the priesthood of the church or priesthood of the believer? And to me, I've always, well, not always, but for a long time I felt the answer is yes. The believer will be in the Lord's true churches where they're being fed and so forth. So I digress a little bit there. But we see this wasn't to be put on man's flesh, but on the priesthood. Yes, it was. So, but they wasn't changed the composition. They and they wasn't taking this. Well, I know how to do this. I'll take some and I'll I'll make some here on the side. And we'll use it for other things. No, it was for this specific thing. They'd be cut off if they didn't. Uh, Word we stop. Verse thirty-four. And the Lord said to Moses, "Take unto these sweet spices, uh, stats, and uh, anatia and." Uh, Galbanum, these sweet spices, and pure frankincense uh, of each, there shall be uh, a like weight. And thou shalt make it a perfume, a perfume or apothecary uh, after the art of the perfumer, or after the art of the apothecary, uh, tempered together, pure and holy. And thou shalt beat some of it in very small, and put it before the testimony of the tabernacle of the congregation. Where, uh, where I will meet with thee, it shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfumer or apothecary, which thou shalt make, or the, no, I'm sorry, as for the perfume, which thou shalt make, you shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee for holy for the Lord. Whosoever shall make like unto that, to smell thereunto, shall even be cut off from his people. So we see this ointment. God appointed certain people uh, to make this ointment. This, it was holy unto the Lord. And uh, again, it was a, a sweet aroma that it would give off. But remember our lesson said, well, flies in that ointment though, it'll, it'll stink. So this, we see what it's used for. So again, God called men and, uh, for different things. Again, goldsmiths and carpenters and, and apothecaries to, to, to make this and everything. And they had a particular function that they did. So they would take... So these men that God gave this ability to, to do these certain things, so they would take the formula set by God, and may I say supplied by God as well, and they would assemble these ingredients, these substances. And this substance was suitable for a specific purpose to worship God with. Not to be applied to man. It was specifically to worship God with. 
and God can only be worshipped in the manner that he sets forth. So we see all this. and What does it mean to us uh, in our time and our age? This oil that was made. So, as we said, that was, that was made in use of worship in that day and age, in that time, in that time period. But can these scriptures tell us anything about our worship in this day and age? You know the way of worship changed. God didn't change his mind, but the way of worship is different. We don't offer literal bulls and goats and blood and things like that. And turtle does. We don't offer those literally. So here, this oil here that was used in worship, does it tell us anything about our worship today in the New Testament? Is there any likeness? Again, these men, God sent his spirit to these men to give them ability to combine these substances to make this sweet-smelling chemical, whatever you want to call it, for the specific use of worshiping God with. So does it mean anything to us at all? Uh, where do we get this I'll call it potion or items suitable for worship. I mean, we see it was plain back there, its uses, and it was used for worship. The way of worship has changed. So today, we worship. Where do we get? They assembled these things that God gave them these things to assemble that they would have this so they could worship God in an acceptable manner. So, where do we get what we, what's necessary to worship God with? Uh, I believe God prepared a servant And this servant is as the apothecary, as the chemist. This servant takes the ingredients and puts it together in a manner that God has said for worship. Well, what, what is that? What is that servant? No, I'm not talking about man. <laughs> not talking about man at all. Talk about the comforter. The Holy Spirit. You know, we I talk about the comfort law, the spirit of law, the spirit of law. You know, a lot of people talks about God. A lot of people talks about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, the part that it plays, we couldn't worship in an acceptable manner without it. So the Holy Spirit takes these things. I'll call them things right now. Puts them together that gives off a sweet aroma that we can worship 
God with. Uh, you say, well, God doesn't need his, his word. Well, let me just say that. His word. The Holy Spirit, as a comforter, takes his word and puts it together in a manner that we can worship God with. You might say, well, God's word doesn't need put together. I beg your pardon. <laughs> Isaiah 28. Well, I guess we don't have to go there, but uh, yeah, you don't have to go there. We've, but Isaiah 28, I may have to, <laughs> but it says uh, about learning. It says upon, uh, er, let me just go to, because <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, quote it wrong no doubt but Isaiah 28 and uh, verse 9 whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine those who are weaned from milk and drawn from the breast. And listen to this. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Now we know it says that with stammering lips and another tongue uh, uh, will he speak to this people. Israel at this time, he wasn't going to speak clearly to them. It's going to be line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Uh, so now that was, that was the Israel. He said it's not going to be plain. Now it's not going to be plain. It's going to be uh, in, a, in a code. It's going to be a little bit here. A little bit there, precept on precept. Here a little, there a little. That's how it's going to be. I've uh, been criticized. And of course, I deserve a lot of criticism. I'm not wrong there, but uh, jumping around in the scriptures. Why do you do that? Won't you just read it straight through? Because it's line upon line. Here a little, there a little what it says uh, we take that to the New Testament and we see the same thing his disciple says why do you speak to us in parables why is it line upon line precept upon precept here a little there a little why don't you just spit it out plainly why do you speak to it in parables and of course he tells them Blessed are your ears because you hear and you see and you understand. I speak in parables, or I've got it broken down in line upon line, here a little, there a little, so these others won't see, won't hear, won't understand. So you see it's the same in the New Testament as it was in the Old Testament. But we need the chemist. We need the apothecary that God would provide to assemble this here a little, there a little, line upon line. And it's not me, it's not man. But we need something to do that, don't, don't we? 
And the answer is yes, we do. Uh, so we need something to take God's word and assemble it for us in a manner that would give a sweet savor that we might worship God in truth. And again, half truth or almost truth will work. Can't worship God that way. So, so this chemist uh, is uh, that God sent, that God like he, just like he he prepared men, send them to make all the uh, furnishings in the tabernacle, including that ointment and everything. God sent His Spirit into men that they would do that. So. They assembled in the manner that God told them to assemble. And it brought forth this sweet savor. So now, let's go to uh, John chapter 14, the comforter. I do talk about a lot. I, I, uh, the value in, in the comforter. I hope you see the value in the comforter. And, I, and while you're uh, going there, Willard, I think probably one of the best sermons I ever heard him speak on, it was a slightly different view from this. Uh, both saying the same thing, but a slightly different view. Uh, different things mean different things in different places. But he was talking about the comforter uh, as the oil. And see, they would take that oil to anoint those priests and the different uh, furnishings in the tabernacle. And they would pour it on them from above. But what, and the way he, he pictured it, which I think is great, the oil was the vehicle that transported all those sweet, savory spices and smells and aroma, stuff like that. So he was looking at the comforter in that manner, and I, I think it's a great way to look at it. We're looking at the, the comforter is the one that assembles all these ingredients that it will be acceptable to worship God with. So John 14... And uh, let's see, verse, and I know this is familiar to you, but I hope, I hope it is, and I hope you're blessed by it. John 14, 16, Jesus Christ himself, while he's here on the earth with his disciples, said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Jesus Christ was the first comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Now, Israel, God wasn't going to make it the words plain to them. Here a little, there a little. It's going to take uh, uh, someone to, uh, how do I say it? To put these words of God together that we may worship. So, uh, uh, talked about the comforter. He said, I'm going to send you another comforter, and he'll abide with you forever. This comforter is like the apothecary. Put all these things together. Even the spirit of truth. So, the comforter has a lot of names. Spirit of truth, uh, Holy Spirit, and so forth. We'll read some of those. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. So he's sending something here like the apothecary that would assemble God's word 
in a manner that it would be a sweet savor unto him. Uh, verse 26, But the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I said to you. So this Comforter is, is going to do that. It's going to cause them to hear and receive his word and assemble it in a manner that it would have a sweet savor. So he will assemble the Lord's words in such a manner that we can use for worship and a spiritual sacrifice. And we couldn't do it without this. They couldn't worship God unless he, unless he gave them... Uh, a means of assembling these spices in this precise manner to worship God. They couldn't worship God without it. So I believe it's the same here, without the comforter. We see what the comforter does. Uh, chapter 15 and, and uh, 26. But when the comforter has come, who I will send unto you from the Father... Even the Spirit of truth, who proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. That is, that, that says a lot. He shall testify of me. So this comforter, which I'm comparing to the apothecary, that takes God's words and assembles together, it says... He shall testify of me. I hear and I read of men that testify of man. Oh, they'll talk about, they'll use the word Jesus Christ. They'll use the word God and tell you how much they love him. But then they'll turn around and testify of man, how great man is. I uh, heard one person explain it. Well, God's given us this great, this humans, these great, big, beautiful brains. Well, I, I kind of missed out on, on that part. But the, God's given us this great, big, uh, beautiful brain that we can choose and we can accept and we can do these things with. See, that's testifying to man. That's just like changing the formula Back there, God gave him a formula. This is how you will worship me. This is a, I, God considers this a sweet savor. You come before me in this manner to worship me. If they change it or if flies get in the ointment, which we'll talk about next week, Lord willing. If flies get in that ointment and it stinketh, oh, it's not for worship. So we hear people, the, the comforter or the modern day apothecary, if I can say it that way, says... He will testify of me. And I know we read after people, we hear people, and they start out sometimes fairly good. Sometimes they don't even start out good. But when they get through, they always end up testifying of man. How good you are. And, and you, you people heard as much as I have. Uh, the one illustration I, I heard, and I, well, I tell you many times, this guy, very educated man, he was using kind of a parable. And he said, I hope 
And this is the maybe hope. He had his fingers crossed. I hope when God dips a dip net down in the sea of men, I have been good enough to be a keeper. We was talking about sturgeon, talking about fish before services. And a lot of times fish has to be a certain size for it to be a keeper or a certain kind. So this guy said, I hope when God dips a dip net down in the sea of men, I've been good enough to be a keeper. What was he testifying of? Man. And people who hear that, if God doesn't open their eyes and ears, they'll fall for it and they'll believe that teaching that testify, well, let me ask, David, I think you and I have talked about this before. When you hear something like that, I think you use some different terminologies, but it stinketh. <laughs> we don't like, it stinketh. Because it, it lifts up man who is not worthy to be lifted up. Uh, okay, that, so that was, uh, you know, 1526. But when the comforters come, whom I will send you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, who proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Again, the Lord sent men to prepare these spices in a way that they could worship God with. We have a different way of worship now. We don't offer those literal blood of bulls and goats and, and even these sweet ointments and stuff like that. We don't do that today. But we offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But that's not of us. That takes that comforter, apothecary, if you will, to assemble this here little, there little, in a manner that would be acceptable to worship God. And let me just tell you this. When the man says, I hope that I've been good enough, to, when I dip the dip net down, or when God dips the dip net down in the sea of men, I've been good enough to be a keeper. That is not worshiping God. Not acceptable. In fact, it stinketh to us, it stinketh to God as well. Chapter 16. Again, look into Comforter as this apothecary sent by God. Chapter 16 and verse 7. Lord still speaking to his disciples here. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. This was the first Comforter. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So the Lord Jesus Christ, we know he's going to be crucified, and the comforter is going to be sent back. This comforter, what's it going to do? It's going to assemble this word, here little, there little, in a manner that we can worship God with, that is a sweet savor unto the Lord. Uh, verse 13. Nevertheless, when he... The spirit of truth, or he, the apothecary. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He's going to assemble this ingredients in a manner that is truth. And that's the only way we can worship God. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But what, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. What's the Holy Spirit going to hear? What God tells him. The word of the Lord. That's what it, he says, whatsoever he shall hear. The Holy Spirit, just like, again, 
the apothecary back there. God sent these men. It was men back there, but it's a type and shadow of this today, what we're talking about. But he sent them, and he sent his spirit, it says. And they would assemble these ingredients in a way that have a sweet savor and sweet smell, and this was used to worship God with. And that's what the comforter does here. Whatever he hears. What is God, what's God, the God, what's God going to tell the Holy Spirit? Well, the, the truth, of course. And can I fully understand God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? I, I, can't, I can't comprehend all of it. But it tells us that this spirit of truth that he's going to send. He sent, them, he sent his spirit in men back there to these apothecaries to make this sweet uh, smelling uh, perfume, we'll call it, acceptable that they could wash it God with. So here, talk about the comfort of the spirit of truth, same thing. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will assemble here a little and there a little. He will guide you in all, he will not speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. It's easy to read over those little things and, and not see the blessings in it. He shall glorify me. He shall receive of mine and show it unto you. In the Old Testament, the apothecary. He's going to receive what the Lord gives him, these chemicals and spices and, and a recipe to put them together. And in this day and age, those things, when he takes here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept, when the Spirit puts those together, it glorifies the Lord. The man that I told you about so many different times, I'm sure he was a good man. Sure he's a good citizen. Well, I assume he was. But he said, when I dip the dip nip down, in, or when God dips a dip nip down in the sea of men, I hope that I have been good enough. And we know where that I comes from. Isaiah 14, we will go there, but Satan. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, glorifying yourself. And let me tell you, to God, that's thinking. That's not acceptable. And I'm thankful even to us that it stinketh. Uh, and then, uh, so in verse 14, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So what a blessing it is to realize God has given us this comforter. Without the comforter, well, without the comforter, I'll tell you what we'd be saying. Hope I have been good enough. That's what, that's what we'd be saying without the comforter. And that's not, that's not uh, a sweet smell. So, back in our text, Ecclesiastes 10 and 1, 
dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. There's nothing wrong with this ointment. There's nothing wrong with the ointment. Uh, God gave them the recipe and men to put this recipe together, formula, recipe, whatever you call it. And uh, so God gave them this formula in a manner that they could worship God with. And there was nothing wrong with it. There, it was perfect, acceptable to God, nothing wrong with it. So here, nothing wrong with this ointment. Nothing wrong with it. But if you mix... A little folly. Him that is reputation for wisdom and honor. It stinks. Uh, I think maybe. Let me just read this. We've got about four minutes. And we'll, Lord willing, we'll go into this next week. So folly. Well, what's, what's folly? Well, folly, it's, it's a... It's a wrong way. It's a perverted way is what folly means if you want to, to look it up as far as the definition. But folly, so it says, uh, so doth a little folly, him that has reputation for wisdom and honor. That, that makes it stink. So now look at verse Six and seven, at folly. That no, this is a verse six and seven is folly. It's a perverted way, and, and you'll see it. Verse six, folly is set in great dignity, and the rich sit in low places. And this is what it says: I have seen, I've seen servants upon horses, and princes walking like servants upon the earth. Well, that's backwards. <laughs> If we would, and I know we live in a different time and age and everything like that, but if we see royalty out here, well, maybe we'll use a foolish example. When our, our, the president of our country is going through, driving through a town or something like that, or I'm thinking now I have the scene of when Kennedy was shot and everything, but he was in the chariot. And servants was walking on the ground. Or if we would think, uh, again, a, a king or ruler in another country would be in this, well, if we go back to this day and age, would it be right for the princes and the king to be walking through the desert and the servants riding up on the horses? Well, that's, see, that's, that's backwards. That's a perverted way. That's folly. So, kind of closing out this part of it. Doesn't man today kind of reverse things a little bit? God should be up here. Man should be down here. But don't they turn around? Don't they turn themselves into their own savior? 
So that's folly. Folly is a perverted way. It's a way that's, that's opposite of what it should be. And he says here, I've seen this. I've seen servants on horses and princes walking like servants up on the earth. Well, that's not right. Haven't you heard that from the religious world? It's not right what they say. It's not right that, well, if I've been good enough, I'll be a keeper. It's not right. See, that, that, bypasses, that bypasses the love of the Father giving his son and choosing you. It bypasses the blood of Jesus Christ shedding and giving his life and his resurrection and his seated at the right hand of the Father. It bypasses all that. And it stinketh. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're just missed.